Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Have you ever had something magical kind of happen to you that was so coincidental you were like, there's no way that it could just be coincidence? Well, today on the show, we have Dr. Bernard Beitman, and we are going to talk about how and why synchronicity and serendipity happen. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Bernard Beitman. How are you doing, Bernard? Very well. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to have you on to talk about your new book, Meaningful Coincidences and and, 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 and and Synchronicity and Serendipity and all this amazing stuff that we kind of know about, but we really don't get deep into the weeds about this stuff because a lot of it's kind of woo-woo. A lot of it's kind of like, ah, well, that, there's no such thing as coincidence. So there's no such thing. So I, I'm, I'm really dying to talk to you about this. So my first question to you is, my friend, how did you become an expert in something as esoteric as coincidences? Becoming an expert, some people think, takes 10,000 hours. Yes. <laughs> so I put in the time. I didn't, keep, I didn't punch the clock. But I've been thinking about this for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, starting when I was eight or nine. But the, the, the main, main reason I'm doing this is not so much like the causal thing, chain that led me to here. And I'll tell you as many stories as you want to hear. I've got a bunch of them myself. But the reason I'm doing it is because um, I had a sense, and I have it even more, that the world needs to be more tuned in to the weird stuff that commonly happens. Weird coincidences commonly happen, and they can be very useful, and they can tell us how reality works. And we need the help, all the help we can get right now, and we need to figure out What's going on around here? Because they didn't tell me. I went to fancy schools, Yale and Stanford, but I knew they weren't telling me something. Uh, <laughs> and this is a kind of this is a way of figuring out what's going on out here and trying to help not only human beings but human connection to nature, to Gaia, to this world, this Earth that we're a part of. So it's a teleological thing that Jung was interested in. I'm drawn to a future that I'm trying to be able to help develop. Well, then what is, so let's get right to it. What is your definition of a coincidence? A coincidence is is the coming together of two, usually two events that have some meaning in common, but aren't, they aren't obviously causally related. So they cross they surprise you and make you wonder about them because they seem to be related to each other, but you don't know what caused them. 
So like a perfect example is uh, I'll, I'll just use my podcast as an example. All of a sudden I'm on YouTube and coincidentally I see a video of a guy talking about coincidences. And then I go, hey, that'd be kind of interesting to talk about that. And all of a sudden I call you, hey, you'd like to come on my show and you come on my show. And then you and I get talking after the show and I've been wanting to talk to this one person and you go, oh, he's my best friend. Do you want me to connect you? And I go, yeah, by the way, this is not real. I didn't, that's not the exact reason that we're talking. But I, I like the story though. I like the story. And then all of a sudden, oh God, I went to school with him. He's my best friend. He'll do anything for me. What do you want? Do you want him on your show here? Boom. And I'll write you an email and connect you. That has happened to me multiple times in the over thousand episodes I've done of podcasts. So, and it just happens that way. And from no real direct connection. Like you, you and I will be talking. You're like, yeah. So I was talking to Oliver Stone the other day. I'm like, I'm sorry, you were what? Oh yeah, I went to school with him. Didn't I tell you about that? Things like that. And then all of a sudden, Oliver's on my show in a week or two. Things like that happen. So it's really interesting. So is that kind of what you're talking about? Of course, of course. <laughs> and it's 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 more advanced, Alex, than uh, the the base level that I've tried to write the book on. Because you you are in your in what you just told told me a high frequency coincider. You have mm -hmm. lots of coincidences. A coincider is someone who experiences coincidences, and the more you have them, the more you will have them. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a it's a it's a domino effect that keeps going, and that's what you just described. Uh, part of it is I have my own podcast too, mm -hmm. and uh, it's getting easier to find people because they kind of show up. Uh, not as good as Oliver Stone. I got it. I, I, <laughs> I just threw that name out there. Please forgive me. <laughs> okay. No, but, but you did interview Oliver Stone. I did. I did a while ago. Yes. I mean, that that's, uh, I had to, I had to work it to get Deepak Chopra on my mind. I had, I had to pull a, a couple of here's and there's to be able to make that happen. But <laughs> as part of, uh, of this, the way we're talking, which I love it, we're doing mm -hmm. is that I got the Deepak because I was an intern in San Francisco mm. uh, in the late 60s, 1968. And as an intern, we had to get up what was too early for me at 7.30 in the morning. I didn't like that. So I kind of wandered into like the first meeting, which was like breakfast, and we were going to get to know each other. So I kind of wander in kind of dopely, and I sit down. And some guy taps me on the shoulder and says, you're sitting in my seat. So I was a, a bald-headed guy with a plate of uh, scrambled eggs on him. And he said, uh, my name's Andrew Weil. So I said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to have to talk after the show because I need to talk to Andrew and I need to talk to Deepak. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, we'll exchange some stuff afterwards. <laughs> and I already know where the connections are going. Andrew knew then, of course, it all it all worked out after that. Isn't it, it? But it's fascinating, these kind of ideas, these kind of coincidences. It's like, oh, I know this person or, or I know that person. You know, and I have thousands of stories like that that's happened to me over my life. But you said something really interesting. You said someone high vibration. So for people don't understand that, uh, can you explain what that means? Because I understand what you mean, but I'd love to, if you can explain it to people who don't get that. Well, I didn't say high vibration. Oh, what did I, you said, say? I said high frequency, frequency coincider, but you're right about the vibrational thing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something about um, our energy and mm -hmm. I mean, I, I assume your audience, at least a lot of them, believe that each of us has a, an energy sure. around us. And I like to think that we each have an energy signature, a basic vibration, mm -hmm. like our fingerprints. The difference being 
sometimes you can um, connect with someone and they have a similar energy to yours or they have a different resonant pattern. It may be a higher frequency, but it's the same resonance, like different chords that have the same sound, similar sound to them. And so you can vibrate with somebody. And on the dance floor, you see that more often than I see that more often than any place else, but it happens other places. So what we're talking about here is getting into a coherent pattern. And let me say it's around a certain need. We each as podcasters have a need to keep running them through, running them through. You got to find the next one. Oh, how far out am I going to go? Uh, is it going to be through May, May or June? Am I going to get out there for that? Or We have to get new minds in there that we find interesting and fit with what we're doing. And so within that need, and it's important to recognize that need is a big driver of coincidences. When you need something, that does something to your energy and your alertness and to the what's around you. It seems to help what you need come to you. Well, let me ask you this then with, with that idea. When you're trying to get a job or you're trying to meet a, a girl or a guy depending on you know if you're a guy or girl there are there are energy like frequency levels that are at a higher level than you might be even whether that be spiritually or mentally whatever that is so if you're just starting out your podcast and please everyone forgive us for using the podcast as an example but it's a great it's a great example so if you're just you have episode one and you're trying to go after steven spielberg his needs or wants do not match your ability to service his needs or wants, or even if he wasn't trying to sell anything, just the conversation alone, depending on who that person is, would have to match the guests that they're trying to get. And this works with jobs. This works with relationships. This works with business partners. This works with everything. I'm not going to walk up to Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's not going to knock on my door, generally speaking. But when you get to a certain place, vibrationally or frequency wise those kind of people start to to circle around you and then they it becomes more it's easier to get to them have you found that in, to be true in your life we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show definitely definitely uh, uh it's one way uh, I've thought about this, uh, I only get the challenges that I can match, that I mm. can meet at this time, mm. that I have to evolve. You have to evolve. We, I've had now you know, maybe 300 podcasts myself, and you get used to doing this. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's fun, especially when you get a lot of fun people to to uh, interact with. It's one of the ways of, you know, you can pick people that are really cool and most of them say yes. And you kind of like, okay. And you have a fun conversation, but you have to be able to be loose enough to be able to do it. That first podcast I did was like, <laughs> I, I interviewed uh, my most, the most famous person I knew, which was me. So I, I talked about myself for the first couple of ones, just to <laughs> introduce myself and to get going with it. Now I've, I've become pretty well known in the synchronicity world mm -hmm. um, and, and acknowledged for being one of the most knowledgeable people about 
the the meaningful coincidence thing. So it's easier to be able to get people to be on the show who are at a higher frequency, who have more going on with them because they like talking with me too, because it's a dialogue and right. we learn from each other and it just gets more and more fun. Uh, it, it just, just gets more and more fun. Without question, my friend. So then you use the word synchronicity and that's a word that's thrown around a lot. What is your definition of synchronicity? So you have asked me the important question. <laughs> so we will do the definitions here now. Yes, please. Uh, we'll do the definitions. Uh, the title of my book, uh, Meaningful Coincidences, uh, has serendipity and synchronicity in it. Mm -hmm. And the reason it has both of them in it is because they are forms of meaningful coincidences. Remember how I defined a meaningful coincidence as two events un apparently unrelated but have some kind of meaning in common that usually create a surprise that all four of these things that I write in my book fit that category. And I don't know if, you're, if you've seen it uh, in L.A. or in, in Austin, but some people just love the word synchronicity and apply it to almost every coincidence. Yes. And some, some people, not so much in the United States, like serendipity. And they call all these things serendipity. And so the terms have come to be somewhat ambiguously defined, but I'll define them uh, as clearly as I can. But people are still going to use the word the way they want to. Sure. Synchronicity is a term coined by Carl Jung. Uh, and if you're interested in words, uh, I am, Alex, to see how I think words evolve. And you must be because you, you have to do a lot of yapping with people. Um, synchronicity does not did not mean meaningful coincidences to Carl Jung. Mm. He, he used the word synchronicity as a principle to explain meaningful coincidences, but not the, the name of meaningful coincidences. Synchronicity was an a-causal connecting principle by which he meant the two shared meanings is what brought them together. It's really a way of thinking that there's got to be something different from regular causal explanations is why he did it. But he didn't know anything but quantum physics to come up with. And because he was a psychiatrist, as I am, and did psychotherapy, as I do, he was very interested in synchronicity as a psychological help as an interpersonal help, and as a spiritual help. And synchronicity tends to be all three of those. And the people who use the word synchronicity tend to be in the more spiritual direction. So synchronicity in general is, is, a, is a concept that I've heard in the spiritual world multiple times, that the whole world has synchronicities in it, that we are, which lead, and leads me to another question, that we are we creating the coincidence and the, and the synchronicities in our lives purely by the reality that we're creating with our own mind, our thoughts, our so on. And you said something earlier. You said your need is a driving force to synchronicity. So is that what draw, helps drive, put this all together with basically what we're creating with our own minds? The key, the key word of what you said, Alex, is helps. Uh, if we, we think about explanations for synchronicity and meaningful coincidence in general, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a probability that they will happen. Uh, statisticians claim that that probability explains everything. <laughs> that, 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 st that statistics is all you need to explain synchronicity. 
and and their favorite thing is in in large populations weird stuff is about will happen i'd be surprised if it didn't there's some truth to that mm -hmm. so there is a statistical truth but it's not the whole thing on the other end there are those who know the universe did it or god or divine or the greater consciousness but the universe is the very popular one right now mm -hmm. the universe made this happen and I'm so glad that you bring in personal agency because a lot of people don't want to be responsible for what they do. <laughs> they don't like shocking. it. Shocking. Isn't it shocking? <laughs> I mean, part of my business as a therapist is, hey, what did you have to do with this? Me? Oh, no, it was his fault. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, I have to get over that one. There is a, a degree of personal responsibility in all of them, but that varies. And then there is mystery. I won't call it God necessarily. People use their own words for that. But mystery is all around us. There is something else going on around here. You know it. I know it. We've got to put a label on it to feel like we're in control of it. So there's mystery. There's us doing it. And there is probability that contribute to each of these coincidences. So I just have to tell you, because I completely 110% believe in, in, in synchronicities and coincidences. Uh, I don't believe there's coincidence. I, th I believe that it's just the universe doing what it does to help us along our path. A synchronicity is a better term that I would use, but that's my own personal preference. Well, let's, let's, let's stop with that for a minute because that's yeah. really important. And a lot of people say the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe in coincidences. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you believe you got headphones on? I do. These things happen out there. Right. They but happen. Again, but it's a term, it's a terminology difference, I think. The, you're 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 talking about a key part of the definition okay. of coincidence. Yes. Once a cause is once you find a cause, mm -hmm. remember I talked about you don't know what the cause is. Once you find a cause, there is no longer a coincidence. And if you know, as you are saying that the universe is doing it, then there's no coincidences. Right. There are no coincidences because the universe is doing it and you have nothing to do with it. And I think you have something to do with it. That's my, that's where we differ. I think, I think I, I, I understand your point of view and I agree with you. So I'll give you an example. There was one day when I was in my twenties that I was about to go bankrupt. I was a few days away from literally signing paperwork. Oh, no fun. No fun at all. It was a, it was a, one of the darkest times of my life. And I yelled out to the universe and I said, God, I want to pay my bills. And if you don't help me, I'm going to sign this paperwork because I have to protect myself. But I'm willing to work if you give me the opportunity. The next day, my very first boss ever calls me up and goes, hey, I hear they're looking for an editor up north. I already gave them your name. All you got to do is show up with it with your demo reel and your job. You got the job almost. And I did. And I got the job next day. What are the chances? <laughs> and by the way, I hadn't talked to this man in years. <laughs> he just shot me out of the blue. This this phone call is it. How is that? How can someone tell me that there is no coincidence? There is no synchronicity. There, there, it's there are there is some there are coincidences. Yes, <laughs> there there are, there are meaningful. And this coincidence was Alex yelling, "Hey, God!" 
And people do that in various ways. Mm -hmm. I'm suggesting that if you had not asked for that and we should do the experiment, mm -hmm. it wouldn't have happened. Agre I would agree with you. So that that throwing, throwing that need out. And I have um, an idea about how that works. I mean, it's mm -hmm. only the beginning of an idea. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's something. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Called the psychosphere, which is our mental atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And the ionosphere is pretty high up. And it's, it's a bunch of positive negative ions that help protect us from some of the sun's negative radiation. Mm -hmm. And there's the earth crust and there's this cavity between the ionosphere and the earth's crust. In that crust, uh, there are lightning bolts going up and down all the time. And the, f the frequency of that, those lightning bolts creates a curve, a sine wave, uh, an energy pattern uh, called the Schumann resonance. Mm. And the Schumann resonance is about 7.8 hertz. It's getting a little faster now. And the human brain basic hertz value is about 4.4 hertz mm -hmm. so they're pretty similar and both the ionis both both the schumann resonance and our brains go to about 50 hertz so our brains and our atmosphere around us have similar hertz frequencies that mm. suggests that our brains evolved in this cavity between the ionosphere and the earth's crust in that crust, I think, is this mental atmosphere through which we communicate with each other telepathically and in other ways. And that there's information in there where the Akashic record probably is. Mm -hmm. And there's ways that we communicate with each other and don't really understand it. So when you sent that out, it was able to, and this is part of what I'm trying to figure out, it was able to find a person who had a need at that moment and was able to somehow, and that's the still part of the mystery of it, contact you, knew it was you to contact. It's almost like making a telephone call to the person, but you don't know you're making the call and the person calls you back. It's interesting because from, from my point of view, where I've spoken to so many different spiritual masters from India and China and all sorts of different spiritual masters uh, from different parts of the world, they one common thing they keep saying is that that the universe is there to help you but you need to ask for the help it will not impede on your free will only once you ask you will receive what is needed on on your path and and, and i found that again what we're talking about it is very similar in that way that if you don't ask they will not give it to you. But then I have to ask you this question. Well, how many people today uh, or how many people a few weeks ago or whenever it was when the $2 billion lottery was cooking, how many people were asking, oh, please, please, universe, let me win the $2 billion. So what is the origin energy of that request as opposed to the request that I had? I'm like, I just need to get a job, get me a job and I will work off this debt. Those are two very different frequencies of energy that are going in that question. So is there a difference on the, the, the meaning behind it that gives it power? 
I'm going to do a simple thing about the lottery. I think that there are people who do win the lottery a couple of times for some reason mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and get the money when they need it. I think mm -hmm. those things happen. But the lottery is a tricky one to use as a, an example because it's fixed. There's only a certain number of people who are going to get it. It's like, it's right. it's the same as going to Las Vegas. Uh, right. It, it's it, it, the, the probability is fixed right. by the guys who manufacture it. Uh, sure. And so somebody's going to get it probably, um, but it, who it is is fairly ran fairly random. I don't say it's entirely random. And random is another another question. So that uh, statisticians like to use lotteries as a way of saying it's all probability. And the lottery, we did a lottery to get into your body and me into my body and the parents sure. we got. I mean, it seems to be like that, or there's something else that happened. We don't know how we got here really, but we got, we're, we're here. But let's take your request of the universe, and I'll say it in the psychosphere, mm -hmm. and the lottery, which is fixed on the other side, and take a simpler version. I'm, I'm preparing um, uh, a talk for the coincidence project and by the coincidence project uh, is a group of people that i helped organize it's a now a 5013c in the state of virginia a nonprofit, and our job is to get people to tell each other coincidence stories among other things and so what we do is have a the coincidence cafe uh every third saturday of the month on a zoom call 11 to 12 30 eastern time for people to tell each other coincidence stories because there's a lot of people out there who feel very isolated in knowing that they have a lot of coincidences but they can't tell the people around them because they think they're crazy they come to us and they find for many of them a family of like-minded people so i invite your audience to go to my website uh, coincider.com c-o-i-n-c-i-d-e-r.com or the coincidence project.net to sign up for uh, and register for the coincidence cafe so mm -hmm. we're trying to help people get together Mm -hmm. And we have a weird coincidence survey there. So, Alex, you want to find out how sensitive you are to coincidences? You can take the weird coincidence survey on okay. there. But back to what we were talking about before, the talk I am giving in April is how do you cultivate meaningful coincidences? How do you increase them? Right. Well, you do it by just doing it. I mean, you just kept happening it, have happening them, and you believe that they are there to be had that that's the important part of this mm -hmm. if you don't believe they're going to be there they're not there because you can't see them so you have to think that they're they're there and you have to be able to notice them and then you have to be able to and this is where i think what you said is so important you have to act on them a lot of times you show up in just the right place at just the right time but you just were too frightened to ask that person to start talking with you yes Yes. And I, I got plenty of examples. Two of them are two people running through airports, see somebody over there and go over to that person. And one person got the job she wanted. Another person got the wife he wanted by be following this intuitive thing. Um, we, we mentioned you human GPS earlier, which gets us to where we need to be. But as I can't emphasize 
more too much you've got to act you've got to ask you've got to recognize the situation and that's the first part of it and then you've got to act and act in the moment sometimes is all you got and you better do it then but is there any energy is there any any difference in the request of why you're requesting what you're asking for so like i, I want to date this big movie star obviously Again, probability is very low. There's a limited amount of people who can date that movie star, you know, but something like I need a job. Well, there is endless amounts of jobs. The chances of that happening, if connected to the right person, is a lot wide, a lot wider. Same thing with our podcast. There's a, there's millions of interviewees that can come in as opposed to like, oh, I need to talk to this just one person. Then it becomes smaller of an opportunity. But it doesn't mean it's not possible. But again, is, is there any anything to be said about why you want to go after it if it's if it's egotistical or if it's for the better of the good or does it even matter yes okay. i think there's a certain ethics here and mm -hmm. one of the um things that we're going to have to try to do and it's kind of painful is develop an ethics of the use of meaningful coincidences mm. you because they can be used in negative ways Sure. And they are used in negative ways. And one of the ways they're used is by salespeople trying to find out how we're the same and what we got in common. So they hook you into like, oh, we're part of the same caress as a part of the same group somehow. That's a, a kind of lightweight way of doing it. Uh, some guy wanted to get money out of a woman he was dating who had a lot of money. Somehow he arranged it so that he went to the door of a house and knocked on it and a woman answered and they got into an argument about how she couldn't pay the rent and he was he was the owner of the building apparently and then he finally said okay it's all right if you if you don't pay me the rent this month in fact i'll write it off at that moment he had timed it so the woman with the money who thought he was after her money heard him being gracious about the the money mm -hmm. so she mm -hmm. thought maybe he's not so greedy as she thought he was Mm -hmm. that's a tricky one man and but that's how they can be used uh one way they can be used in a negative way so developing an ethics is a really important one if you're wanting to get a job and you've got a lot to contribute and you know you do i think that really helps it to happen but i think sometimes you can ask for things and you get them we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor And now back to the show. And one of my favorite things to do is to give people what they were asking for sometimes. Oh, careful with that. <laughs> well, you've heard the phrase, be careful. You might get what you're looking for. Careful what you wish for. You just might get it. And I mean, the, you got to watch. So just how to negotiate all that, Alex, is still up in the air for defining. But we're talking about the general principles. Well, and, and also, too, just as a idea here, and I've said this on the show before, is like we generally don't know, generally speaking, don't know what's best for us. Because the, because if we would get what we wanted at the time that we asked for it, hindsight, looking back, going, thank God I didn't get that job. Thank God exactly. I didn't date that person. Thank God that opportunity that I was dying to get on didn't happen. Because if it would have, it would have destroyed me. It would have ruined my life. She would have, you know, I saw what she did to my friend or I saw what he did to her and all that kind of stuff. So people shouldn't get so caught up in like, I want this now because like, well, 
do you and how and, and what is it exactly do you want? Because you, you really truly don't know because we don't see the bigger picture. All we see is the next step in front of us. But there's something that throws these other synchronicities in and other things that happen in our lives that when you look back and go, oh, God, thank God I ran into that person. Or thank God this happened. I didn't even want that. And my God, it's changed my entire life. So would you would you agree with that? Perfectly. Perfectly. Uh, today I interviewed on my for just interviewing, it's gonna be my podcast, mm -hmm. uh, a 26-year-old guy in Miami who asked to be on the board of the Coincidence Project. Okay. Because he went to one of our coincidence cafe things. And I've talked to him a little bit before. Mm -hmm. And we're looking for a guy that fits his profile in many different ways. Mm -hmm. We need somebody who's more in, conversant in serendipity than the rest of the people on the board. And he is. We need a people with more global outlook, more technological sa savvy than the people on the board are currently doing. He fits. He fits it. So mm -hmm. I'm getting I get to expect that to happen. And the key thing, again, is I have to act on it. I have to see it and then act on it. Now, there's a couple of terms you used in your book uh, that were very interesting. Uh, seriality and simulpathity. You got it, baby. How, what are those two words, my friend? What do they mean? Well, it's, we've skipped serendipity, and I'll just mention uh, of the four of them, serendipity uh, is sometimes referred to as happy accidents. Mm -hmm. It's like running into a person that, that gives you a job. Uh, some people will call that synchronicity. Serendipity tends to be about things and ideas and money and jobs and health. Uh, love to, love to. Well, the love and serendipity and synchronicity, you know, the movie Serendipity was of like, course. it was uh, all about love, but that they did serendipity. You had to get the two things come together, uh, but you can call that synchronicity. So I'm saying there's an overlap and you can, and you can do it. Love, love is a many, uh, never mind, but <laughs> lo lo love, I'm going to, I'm going to deviate into love now that you've touched my heart with it. Cause sure. you, I, I suspect that you are a little bit like me, you are a lover. Uh, I am, sir. I, and that means that you, you'll take romance. Mm -hmm. That you like that too. I mean, it's a wonderful drug, and I, I painful, my friend. It's a painful yeah. drug. My I have friend. been hurt a lot. <laughs> That's a very painful. It's drug. the first part is really good, but then that. Oh, it has a kick. Is, it has a kick at the end, sir. Has a kick at the end. That's <laughs> just play with the word heroin. Yes. <laughs> that first hit of heroin is wonderful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, the entire so, life falls apart. <laughs> then your entire life. Well, that's, there's an analogy. There's only difference is like an E on the end. Heroin exactly. of your life and an yeah. E of heroin. <laughs> but one of, the, one of the really amazing places that uh, synchronicity takes place and serendipity, as you're talking about, is in romance. Um, and... What happens so often is uh, we have all these coincidences happening to us. This means it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. No. <laughs> as, as both you and I have been around the block a couple times, we can tell you that we're both, both of us are not teenagers anymore. We realize that it's not meant to be all the time. It's meant to be at that moment and that time, maybe that that season. But it might not be life. 
or that one dance is what's what happens to me. <laughs> and I got to say, no, that's it. <laughs> Even though I keep seeing her dance, I got to No, 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 that's it. <laughs> and if it does set you up, and they do, uh, these coincidences set you up for relationship, uh, uh, you've got to then realize you've got to work on the relationship and it's got to be collaborative. So I've had stories of people having fantastic synchronicities to put them together and they thought that was enough to hold their marriage together. And it wasn't mm -hmm. because they didn't work on it. So that's another variable, that's another variable in, in that. So we're talking about serendipity as more practical, lucky accidents, happy accidents, um, and, and, and a lot of inventions and a lot, of, a lot of Nobel Prize winners tell you serendipity is what they did to get there, not following protocols. It was happy accidents. There's a lot of that out there in creativity. But you ask, and I like to talk about seriality. Now, seriality is like seeing um, symbols of monkeys, lots of them, maybe three a day, maybe seven a week, as one person I know very well. Uh, has told me she the, these monk this is monkey business there's a monkeys playing with her this is the wisdom of the monkey from india being able to teach her and she sees them in books and ads and cartoons um in costumes all on all kinds of places and each one of them has a message for her not in deep message some more than others but a, a Seriality is being able to see anybody be able to see the coincidence. The series is viewable by anybody else, where with synchronicity and serendipity, it's usually a mind event and an object event. Mm -hmm. Seriality is object, 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 object. Interesting. So are those, so when you see the, so is, is that kind of like, oh, I want to buy a new Tesla. And then all of a sudden, all you see is Teslas everywhere. That's, that's priming your mind to, um, seeing something uh okay. and that is a bit of something but you it's the same thing about being able to see coincidences you got to prime your mind to be able to see them the tesla one is i'm thinking about it so i'm going to pick teslas out of what i see around me mm -hmm. so it, it's a it's a it's a idea that a lot of people use to say that you're just making it up and the tesla example is not one i would use because i'm not going to buy any tesla uh, and I don't know about that whole business with Elon Musk, Elon Musk and all that other stuff. I don't know about the car, but sure. a lot of people aren't going to buy them. But the idea of thinking about them and seeing them is discriminating from your environment, what you're already thinking about. So then how does that differ from the monkey, 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 monkey? Is it that they just pop up? So monkey, monkey, monkey is not that different. She's ready for them, but they pop up when unexpectedly the tesla can pop up unexpectedly too so you're right there's a continuum between the two um, she just got hit with a lot of monkeys early on so she became sensitized to monkeys in her environment so the point you're making is excellent mm -hmm. she's now sees them because she's been seeing them it's true of coincidences it's a general principle the tesla one is a, a is a little cruder than the monkey one and then get to your job thing it's a whole different thing so then a simopathy? Simopathy is the experience of the pain of a loved one at a distance. Interesting. Can you uh, explain, please? Yeah, I can. Um, uh, the way I started with this, and this is part of the reason we're talking, is um, 
1973, February 26th, I was standing at a Victorian, in a sink in a Victorian house uh, in the Fillmore district. And uh, it was 11 p.m. and I was choking. I was choking uncontrollably. It was something caught in my throat and I couldn't get it out. I had never choked like that before and I haven't since. I don't know how long it lasted. It seemed like it lasted a long time, five minutes, 10 minutes. I don't know. Eventually it stopped. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Well, that was 11 p.m. Um, my father was in Wilmington, Delaware, 3,000 miles away. Uh, it was 2 a.m. in Wilmington, Delaware on February 27th. My father at that time was choking on his own blood. He was bleeding into his throat and choking on his own blood and dying. My father wow. died while I was choking. Wow. I said, wow, too. And I tell this story to honor the memory of my father. Uh, and I add to the story that February 27th, 2 a.m. is when he died on February 27th. February 27th is my birthday. Oh, God. he died on my birthday. So so that is sympathy. That is simulpath. It's feeling the pain of a loved one at a distance, the distress and pain of a loved one at a distance. As it's happening. As it's happening. How can you explain that? Can you explain well, that? Well, first I start, am I the only weird one in the world for this to happen? So I developed the weird coincidence survey to see what are the common coincidences out there and how frequently do they happen? And it's valid and reliable. Statisticians will like it for those reasons. And one of the questions was, do you, how often do you feel the pain of a loved one at a distance? And some people, so the answer, the general answer was sometimes. So people do do that. And I've got other data to, from another psychiatrist to suggest the same thing. First, I had to establish that before I wanted to explain it. And maybe it helps to explain it, to tell you that there was a word for simulpathy in the, in the 18, late 1800s um, in England and other places. And that word was telepathy. Mm. Telepathy, tele is at a distance and pathy is feeling. So telepathy, feeling, pain, distress at a distance is telepathy. Then I got change into more cognitive things, more about thoughts. And so we needed a new term for what was originally telepathy. And I may came up with simul, which is at the same time, pathy. Well, let me ask you this. I'd love to hear your your thoughts on this. And I want to see what it is in, in, the, in the spectrum of the words that we've been talking about. I had an aunt. Uh, who passed away, uh, you know, of old age. And she, uh, you know, we were semi-close, you know, and we were, we were very loving to each other. After the, after she passed, three days later, I'm looking at, I'm going through some old VHS tapes. And all of a sudden, a video that I did not know it existed pops up. And it's her and my family at Thanksgiving dinner. And I'd forgot that I had shot it when I was a teenager with a borrowed handy cam from my school. I was testing it out. And I didn't, I remember, oh my God, I did shoot that, didn't I? And it, I, but I forgot completely. It'd been 30 years. And it happened two or two or three days after she passed. And she's there smiling. 
I love to hear what you think that was because I can't, if anyone tells me, oh, that's just coincidence. Are you kidding me? Like, no, it, no, 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 uh, it, no, no, no. Uh, remember, remember I, we've talked about human GPS, getting to where you need to be yeah. uh, without knowing how you got there. Yeah. Somewhere in your mind and in the psychosphere, the information was there and you were feeling her. Mm -hmm. having passed sure and you were able to stumble across i've had plenty of stories just like this um that uh, are sur very surprising to people uh, one of them is like uh, uh this couple that went to lourdes um and uh they have a picture of them at lourdes and then uh one of the people died in the in the in that couple and uh got married to uh somebody else whose spouse had also died and they went back and look at the picture of the first couple and in the background was a picture of the other couple <laughs> i've seen some of those on, on on social media and youtube you're like what like they like like uh, uh couples who were both at disneyland when she was like seven and he was eight and he was like behind her in a shot with her and mickey in it like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad you i'm glad you say that because that's weird and that's common now, the one with yours, there's another variation on that. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody needs money mm -hmm. and a uh, certain amount of money. It's fun. It's real fun when they get the right, the right amount of money they need right then. And went rifling through a file cabinet that they'd been through before. And much like you came across what they needed, uh, which was the money, a refund that they had stored away someplace and, and forgot was there. The memory is there. I mean, it's in you somewhere or it's around you somewhere. So mm -hmm. it's not like you didn't have anything to do with it. But how you got there, again, I think is through kind of psychospheric information that because you're still feeling her and I'm feeling my father more and more lately because mm -hmm. I just had my birthday. And I think he's kind of like communicating with me in a way that I hadn't felt, feel sometimes that we are able to make connections and some people will say your aunt guided you to that that and you might feel like that if you if you need to have a person or something guiding you, you we can make one up uh, and that's not a bad suggestion mm -hmm. or somehow you can know information and in, in, through the psychosphere yourself but i don't know either one of those is good enough for me now i'd love to ask you what do you what does quantum physics have to say about all of this is there anything that it can say to kind of make a little bit of sense of this. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, reason you, the reason you get that for me is that um, one of a famous quantum physics physicist, um, Feynman, Feynman, F E Y M A N, um, mm -hmm. said something like, and it's, this isn't exactly it, but he couldn't, he, because he couldn't make quantum mechanics into an introductory. Uh, course, it meant he didn't understand quantum mechanics. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of people using the, let me say, the theory du jour, which quantum quantum physics is right now, to explain weird stuff. I like to think it's here we are using a hard to understand theory to explain a hard to understand phenomenon. And so I don't go with quantum physics. I go with a field the, that's the psychosphere mm -hmm. that is studyable. Mm -hmm. We can examine this. This is like something science can approach. The quantum thing 
with the you probably know about the uh, action at spooky action at a distance uh, entang yeah entanglement, entanglement, entanglement thing. Yeah, yeah. and people like to apply that to like simultaneity kind of thing mm -hmm. well those are small particles they're getting bigger they're able to entangle bigger particles but there's a space between uh, the micro world and the macro world and there's it's a good analogy and it's a better than thinking about uh, the way Jung used this uh, synchronicity, a causal connecting principle. It's a step. It's a way of challenging us. I don't think it's, I, I can't go with it because there are chaos theory, there's complexity, there's fractals as mm -hmm. other competing variables in trying to be able to explain coincidences. Well, did you hear this? Did you hear the, uh, it was, I wouldn't say it was experiment, but they had, there was these monkeys uh, going back to your monkey analogy, uh, there were monkeys on three or four different islands, uh, close together, but they never like they couldn't see each other or talk to each other or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, one monkey on one of the islands figured out how to crack a coconut using a rock. Let's say I think I'm not exactly what the exact thing, but he found a way to do something that everybody had been struggling with for a long time. And all of a sudden. All of the other monkeys on other islands started to figure that out too at the exact same time. What is that? <laughs> well, that's Rupert Sheldrake you're doing right there. Okay. Uh, and there's uh, his stories about these birds. Some it, birds learn to open milk bottles. Uh, some similar, then, sure. It's a, it's a, so it, once one of them starts figuring it out, and he used the term morphic resonance for that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that they resonate and then they resonate with each other. And it's part of what I think goes on in the psychosphere. Let me give you a, a, a similar uh, example for human beings mm -hmm. um, uh, called simultaneous independent discoveries. That people in one place come up with an idea that other people in other places are coming up with the same idea. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's evolution happened like that. Calculus, um, the discovery of the telephone. Uh, uh, and a lot of stuff in in um, in modern computing and in software uh, are simultaneous discoveries. Stanford discovers one thing, and over in Silicon Valley, they're doing the same thing. And are they communicating with each other? Apparently not. So there's there's some psychospheric thing, morphic resonance. There's something around us through which energy information gets exchanged. And your story about the monkeys and the birds and the simultaneous discoveries suggest we're all feeding off some of the same information. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And if you're looking, if your knee have a need and you're open, it's like fishing up there. I like catching a fish up there. Mm -hmm. Like these stories, like of a, an agent, uh, a book agent telling me, you know, over coffee, she's telling me, I'm talking about coincidences and simultaneous mm -hmm. discoveries. So she says, uh, you know, over the last month, I've had five authors tell me, don't tell anybody what I'm writing about. And all five were writing about the same thing. <laughs> So <laughs> it's very, very true. Well, it's, it's similar to uh, the construction of pyramids. How is it possible that so many different, so many different civilizations around the world who had absolutely nothing to do with each other, 
even oceans apart, are building similar structures at sometimes similar times, sometimes different times. In, they have nothing to do with each other. I just discovered that Japan, Mongolia, they all have pyramids. I was like, as I got deeper into these kind of conversations, I was like, Japan has pyramids? And I saw a picture of, and then of, of course, Indonesia, and then obviously Egypt and, and the Mesoamericas and all of this, even, even here in the North America, there were forms of pyramids being created. Really? Yeah, in the, but nothing compared to like the Indians. It was a more crude version, but still the concept of a pyramid. So how did that happen? So it explains a lot of the things you're talking about. There, there's a moment where there is that kind of information out there, which then leads us to this larger conversation of like, well, what happened in the last 150 years that you and I are able to speak across the world on video, but 150 years ago, which is not even a blink in the in the moment of this earth, it's less than a blink. All of a sudden, we have this capability. What happened in the in the ion sphere, as you say, that caused this insane growth of technology that we have not seen in our history, or at least that we know of. <laughs> At least that we know of. At least we, hey, you know, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, this could be another iteration. Um, and we've never had a situation where human beings are slowly committing suicide. Um, yeah. As, as we destroy our planet for the six, ma six major extinction coming up. So right. <laughs> what, what we're doing technologically, I like to think, I hope to think, as a, a reflection of our own capacities, that that the technology reflects what we're personally able to do, and we have to put it outside of ourselves. By by, by that I mean that we can communicate this way, but we also may be able to commute, uh, com oh. communicate telepathically. Mm -hmm. That there are people who are remote viewers, and it's like having a webcam, but they can do it with their own minds. So the that maybe we can even fly because we got the airplanes too. At least uh, as ethereal bodies, we probably can fly, and it's something there to do. So there's, to me, there's capabilities, and the technology has a positive side if we can recognize it. That it shows how linked we actually are. Mm -hmm. When I think, when I ask you to think about the psychosphere, it's it's a mental internet. Some people call it. It's the it's and and I want to map this mental internet by using meaningful coincidences to show all these interactions that you did asking for a job and you sent that job application out over this mental internet and somebody was like hey I need a guy to to, to do something and I know the guy because I saw him four or five years ago so you're a memorable character to this guy so I, I like to think that it shows us what we can do unfortunately. This is a polarized place that we've chosen to live in, night and day, black and white, good and sure. bad, evil duality. and good. Yeah, duality, sure. So we have technology that can be used badly and mm. unethically and horribly. And we're seeing surveillance technology coming on that's going to kind of restrict people's behavior because they're being watched in a negative way. Can we be, can we turn this and can we use and this is my belief and hope, can we use meaningful coincidences like synchronicity and serendipity to make it come out better than the direction it appears to be going? 
Well, I, I sure hope so, my friend. I sure hope no, so. I'm working on it, man. I'm working I, on it. You're doing, you're, you're doing the good work, my friend. Thank um, you. One last question I wanted to ask you about the I Ching, because I've never actually, uh, I've I've dabbled in the in the course of my life with the I Ching. Can you explain what the I Ching is to people and how it is, if any way, connected to synchronicities? Oh, it is. Oh, it's fundamental. Jung wrote uh, an introduction to uh, uh, the Wilhelm version, the translation into German of mm -hmm. the I Ching. Uh, it's very much part of synchronicity. It's kind of, it's it's a kind of uh, domesticated synchronicity. Mm -hmm. It's like you you bring it into your room and uh, and throw the yarrow sticks or throw the coins and you come up with one of 64 readings uh, in the I Ching. It's 64. But any of you who have done bibliomancy, as it's called, which is like, eh, what, what, what I'm going to do with myself, and you open a holy book, holy to you, and you say, oh, man, okay, that says I should do this. Um, the I Ching is a variation on that because you throw six somethings, yarrow sticks or six uh, coins, and you get three um, symbols uh, uh, that are in yin and yang symbols, uh, and there's each one has three lines in it. So you get three threes, you get two pairs of threes, and each one of those ends up being one of, together becomes one of 64 pages or chapters in the I Ching, and you read that as what your future might be. It gives you an indication of it. Uh, it's very much like opening the book. It just makes it uh, more complicated and it's age old wisdom. And you got zillion, a lot of people translating it and making up their own stuff with it. And I don't know what to believe as a, as a book. Uh, I, I do tarot card readings, um, which is a variation on mantic things, mm -hmm. uh, divining things. Um, there's something to it. Uh, a lot of people who do it say there's, they, they get good guidance out of it. There's a lot of ways to get guidance, and that's one way. It, it, I love what you said. Like There is a mystery around us. We don't know what it is, but we all feel it, and we all understand that there's something there. Some of us reject it. Some of us embrace it, but there's something going on that we can't explain. There's something going on, and I, and I like to say that meaningful coincidences uh, are the mysterious hiding in plain sight. Very much so, my friend. Uh, now, tell me about your book, Meaningful Coincidences. Where can people find it, uh, and what's your hope for it? My hope uh, is two things. Um, people can find it anywhere they look for books. I encourage you to find it in your local bookstore. Support your local bookstore. I'm hoping two different things. I'm hoping it reaches uh, a lot of people who are interested in this subject and helps them feel not alone, and then helps them feel like they get an idea about this ethereal, ephemeral, uncertain thing called synchronicity, is they get some better idea of what it is, better concept of what it is, and recognize not only how useful it is, but also that there's a downside to, to it. And also the positive of it is it gets us to figure out how this psychosphere might operate. So you can get that, and you can get the book anyplace and think about that, the psychosphere is near the end. What I also hope it will do is function as a textbook in my imaginary Earth University. I make this up. We don't have a football team. <laughs> we don't have we don't have a building, um, but we just have me imagining it. 
and I'm like the chancellor of this thing. And we got a section of it that studies various forms of meaningful coincidence. So it, this is the introductory text to a course in uh, meaningful coincidences. Now, Renard, I'm going to ask you a few questions to ask all my guests. Uh, what is your definition of living a good life? Um, I think uh, part of it, and uh, the whole thing I can't do, but part of it is is learning and having fun. And fun and learning go together. I mean, play is learning, can be learning and learning can be play. And I think I think we're here to learn about ourselves and what we're here to do, that each of us has a purpose, a function that can help humanity. And a lot of people feel it and some people have distorted views of that or they misrepresent themselves. I mean, there's a lot of misuse but people like you, Alex, have a good heart and are trying to do, you're welcome and trying to do something good for the world. And that's good for you. And that's good for the people around you. It just, and, and you, uh, you like to learn and, okay. and, and you got to, when you're doing these podcasts, but that's part of the fun of it. You get to introduce guys like interview guys like me and say, well, well, well okay. I learned something different. And I learned from you and that's, we like to learn and have fun and have some laughs. Mm -hmm. And that's that learning entertainment interface is to me, part of living a good life. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. It also is a pretty standard psychiatric thing or psychological thing uh, is to have a good social network, people who love you and that whom you love, uh, to be able to exercise and diet uh, and get enough sleep. Those are four basic things about being able to live a good life. You got to have the functionality to be able to do what we're doing. Got to You got to be happier you can't be like oh which i get every once in a while i'm so alone nobody likes me i mean i did something <laughs> bad again i'm gonna be rejected from the group that i'm part of why am i doing this coincidence stuff it's so much problematic and the electricity might go out in my house now and i have no i mean that's part of human being is sure. to go through that moaning but the idea i think is to have the good be increasingly better and the bad increasingly not so bad as you yeah. keep going up. How do you define God? Um, Just the easy question, sir. You might, you might, you might get this one. Uh, when I was in high school, um, God was five feet of heaven in a ponytail. <laughs> that's, that's growing up. Um, God is a, as a name people use for uh, use in a lot of different ways and and for me god is a placeholder for the mystery that's part of our lives uh, i think there is something that a greater intelligence uh, when i talk about the psychosphere i'm not saying that's all there is i think there's more and uh, i it just it just seems like there's more and part of my fun and my enjoyment is being able to use coincidences to understand the mind of God. And the ultimate purpose of life is? And the ultimate purpose of life, we don't know, but uh, my father-in-law used to say is to get more life. And I don't think that's true. I think we got enough life living around on this planet. Uh, the purpose of life, I still think you have to add the purpose of life on earth. 
because there may be afterwards. Mm -hmm. The purpose of life on Earth is basically to have a good time on this playground that we've been given the opportunity to be on and not keep destroying it and not have people grab all the money and have other people be poverty stricken. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a chance to dance and love and connect and be happy and keep exp expanding our understanding of how reality works, coincidences being one way. That's what I think we're here to do. And I'm trying to help that to happen. And do you have any final messages for the audience, my friend? The greatest thing you can ever learn is to love and be loved in return. Bernard, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you, my friend. Thank you for the work that you're doing to awaken all of us in this planet. And I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much. You're great, Alex. Thank you very much yourself. I want to thank Dr. Bernard for coming on the show and sharing his knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 243. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.